1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Medical Director for the Center for the Advancement of Youth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we'll be talking about making snap judgments and how they happen. Despite our best efforts, we all make them, starting with a first impression based on appearance. But often those snap judgments are wrong. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Good morning, and thanks for listening. So, today we're talking about those snap judgments that we make. How do those happen? So despite our best efforts and despite what you think about yourself, we really do all make them. Um, we make our first impressions often by, by first appearance, just what you see um, from that individual or that situation that is happening. And I'm not talking about just snap judgments on people, but on situations. And often those snap judgments are wrong. So what can we do as human beings and fallible as we are, what can we do to try to make that better? How can you um, be one of those individuals who, who really tries to be mindful about what you're thinking about others or a situation? So I want you to join in uh, the conversation early on at 1877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. And before we get started, I want to remind you that any of these shows if you want to watch or listen to two in its entirety, you can listen to them on your podcast at npbonline.org. Okay, so despite maybe our best efforts, we all do judge others. It might be over something little, like someone who comes in late to work um, in a morning, someone who is often uh, late for that uh, deadline, or someone who maybe takes a little too long on, on a lunch break. Or it might be something um, even bigger where you feel like someone is just uh, an individual who often hurts other people. People's feelings. Um, so, if you if you don't look at the whole big picture, maybe what you are thinking about that individual or that situation is wrong. And so, we'll talk through that as we move along today. But before we do that, I want to give you a real life story that recently happened, and many of you may have heard it on the news. So, a news story came out that uh, a group of Catholic high school students from Kentucky were videoed um uh taunting a Native American at a protest rally in Washington D.C. The video went viral, national news carries carried the story that seemed disgusting that these high school children were being so terribly disrespectful to this Native American. Well, then came a follow-up video a couple of days later, I believe, showing that um, there was additional video prior to the video that was shown on the news that the high school students were being taunted by another group of individuals. And so... The way the story unfolded was that the Native American man had begun to beat his drum in an attempt to calm the chaos. So he was beating his drum, and the, the, when the film showed that, um, it, it actually showed something very different. And and then there was a lot of sort of backtracking on what um, really happening was happened. So some of the boys were watching him, the Native American man. Some were joining in with him with uh, claps to the beat. Now, there may have been some who were mocking him, but the explosive situation that had been developing sort of went away. So he did what he set out to do. So before we knew the whole story, the immediate judgment was to think about how terrible those children were and how unbelievably disrespectful they were when in reality there was something, something more. Okay, so also let's let's go to a more personal note um, while we're thinking about situations. And I just want to give you a few of these to give you some thought into what may be really happening when we make snap judgments. All right. So my husband is uh, generally a quiet man. Now, some people think that because he's quiet, he's aloof maybe not as connected, um, maybe doesn't care about people. But, But I know him, and I know that this isn't true at all. He's a very sensitive man. He takes a situation in, and he's one of those who doesn't speak out until he feels like there's really something important to say. So not aloof, connected, but just quiet. Okay, another situation. I can keep going. I'm going to give you several, and then I want to hear yours. So my daughter is a petite woman. Um, She's often been talked to. She's an emergency room physician. Um, And in the world of medicine, sometimes people assume that a woman, especially a small woman, is perhaps not as capable or competent when in the reality of it is she's very capable, very competent, and um, on any kind of testing or emergency situation, she's often one that you'd want to have in your side. And then there's my son who has tattoos, not one, but several Though there is often the thought that he may not be as caring or connected to society, the son I know is kind, intelligent, and actually universally accepting, and more so of others who are different than he is than perhaps many people out there. So why do we make those snap judgments? Why do we all do that? And if we do, do you realize how often... That happens. So, I'm going to throw a question out to you, and I want you to give us a call after you hear these questions. Has it ever happened to you? Do you believe that you've been the victim of a snap judgment? Have you ever made a snap negative judgment on someone only to find out later that they really were a great person? What do you think made you do that? And and, and if so, um, who was that person? Was it perhaps somebody that you later fell in love with? We know that happens. Um, so give us a call. Um, we're going to open up our lines now. I believe they've been blocked. Um, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. So you can join in and help us talk through what we're doing. So. Let's talk a little bit about some research that's been been done um, about those snap judgments and what makes us have those. But first of all, I want to talk a little bit about when we are looking at individuals, we give them attributions, okay? Those are thoughts about what we what – our thoughts about others that help us make sense of why people – do the things they're do. they do. So there are a couple of types of attributions. One is um, a situational attribution. When we um, view a situation and um, we believe behavior is due to something in the situation, Okay so a situational attribution so the an example of that would be a coworker who was short with us and we thought that they were just a mean and terrible person so we didn't we didn't know the situation and the situation perhaps was that he was tired or overworked and then i already mentioned the personality attribution um, it's more about a person's character. So we believe that the behavior is due to the person's personality. So that example that I gave you of my, my husband's um, quietness was because he was aloof, when in reality it was completely different. Okay. Well, I believe let's go on to um, our, our first caller. We have Robert in Gulfport, I believe. Hey, I just wanted to
3: say, um, and I'm sure that I speak for a lot of other people, is that um, if the room is real quiet at night, I can hear a pin drop. <laughs> However, if there's noise, background noise, like music, loud music, a diesel engine running, or maybe a loud conversation traffic, and somebody says something to me, I I can't hear them. Maybe there's a medical condition for that. Uh, maybe I can, a lot of remedies can help me there but I can't hear them. And a lot of times people make the judgment, the snap judgment, that I'm ignoring them or I'm not um, I'm not paying attention to what they're saying. And it's not the case, you know. And, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, say, can you say that again? But sometimes I don't even hear them, so I don't acknowledge them, and they think that I'm being rude. So that was my comment there. And if you can find out if there is such a disorder <laughs> where you can hear things in a quiet room but you can't with background noise – I'd love to hear about it. I'll stay tuned.
1: (laughs) Robert, thanks for that call. And you bring up exactly what I'm talking about in Snap Judgments, that you just don't, uh, perhaps you're not connected, you don't care, you don't think enough of the individual to listen to what they're saying when the reality is. That's not the case. That's not the case. You can't hear. So. So absolutely, that is something that occurs often. And I bet if others call in, they'll say the same things happened to them when they had some hearing issues. So, Robert, my advice to you, if you haven't uh, yet seen an audiologist, you need to, because often that is the sign of a mild hearing loss. Um, One of the first signs is to hear perfectly when everything's quiet, but the background noise interference often um, diminishes your ability to discern the difference between um, sounds, and so that mild interference, and that's what you said it is, it's it's absolutely that. The background noise is mild interference with you being able to, to clearly hear what's going on. And sometimes it's just a very mild hearing loss. Um, but I will tell you that uh it's it's a very good idea when you get into a room with a lot of background noise. Um you can do like my aunt does. Often she will say, Will you please sit on my right side? I think I hear better from this right ear. Or or wise s-
3: woman. Right.
1: Or or do or to just tell people that, gosh I need to really look directly at you um, when we're in a room like this because I just the background noise makes it so I almost have to read lips. Um, But see, that's a great situation that you brought up where um, on that snap judgment, one would think you don't care when the reality is you care a lot and you're probably a bit frustrated from the situation.
3: Yeah. Yeah, as, as they are. It can happen on both ends. But then, you know, like you said, a snap judgment, you know, some people can gunny sack that, carry that around with them, that I just didn't hear them, and I they felt that I ignored them. And, you know, it's a domino effect. After that, they say, well, that guy, tells you know, somebody over at the water cool guy, don't talk to him. He doesn't listen to you or he ignores <laughs> you. And like I said, it could have a domino effect or a ripple effect. Um, And and so, like I think, what the purpose of the show is, people just ought to take for take for granted that maybe that person didn't hear you, and maybe try asking them again.
1: Perfect, perfect. Thanks so much, Robert, for starting us off. You too. Bye bye. Let's go on to our next break. And our first break, we're talking about snap judgments. Why do we make them? How do we? avoid making those snap judgments, but first we'll talk a little bit about the science behind making those. Um, Has it happened to you? Um, Was it somebody that you were completely wrong on, and um, once you got to know the real situation or the real person, that things were entirely different from what you thought they were, call us and give us your situation. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about snap judgments. Why do we make them? Well, we do because it's human nature. That's the way we are wired. We are wired to take things in quickly and make a determination, but sometimes we make the wrong determination. And so we'll talk we're talking about why is that and what can we do about it. So research has found that people tend to overestimate personality and appearance and underestimate the situation when we make attributions, when we make determinations of how those people are, especially with people that we do not know well. If we know something, someone well, then we're likely to do a little bit better job, but even then, we may be making those snap judgments. Um, yeah, so here's an example. Think about a, a really close friend. If if you call them and they didn't call you back, like, right away, would you think it's because they're rude or cold or uh, because they don't want to be connected? No, probably not. You'd probably think about the specific reason that might have been there, like, Uh, They were busy, like perhaps um, something else was going on. Now, if they didn't call you back for a long time, would you perhaps be concerned that something might have happened to them? Yes. But if it had been someone who was less well-known to you, you might have thought they were rude, right? So um, not judging can be sort of a gift to others. All right. Well, let's go back to the phone's. Let's see. We have um, Lee in Jackson. Good morning, Lee.
4: Good morning. Thanks Uh, for calling.
1: This is Lee.
4: And uh, I'm calling because I was one of those uh, persons that used to look at people with tattoos. And you automatically make map judgments with um, piercings, tattoos, body art, colored hair. Right. And um it wasn't until I lost someone very close to me, and he had planned on getting a tattoo. And instead, since he couldn't do it, I did it in his place. Uh-huh. And now I notice um, all the time, because it's on my wrist, that people, I, I will actually watch them when I especially when I'm greeting people through my business uh-huh. and 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 watch as they see the tattoo and and literally can watch them making a snap judgement.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Now, they're much more, tattoos are much more popular than they used to be. And a lot of, right, a lot of mainstream, but you're right. There's still individuals who do that. And and we know that's ridiculous. It may be, Lee, I mean, you have, that tattoo means a lot to you, right? And it makes you think of that loved one, um, that individual that you cared so much about, probably whenever you see it. And what a wonderful story that is! And there are many individuals who, when they get tattoos, they may think it's beautiful art, and that's why they want it. Or they may have another backstory behind it. But whatever the story is, it does not define the person. And the same thing goes, like you said, for hair color or any any other color, whether it's you know purple or orange or green or whatever often it's just a way to declare your your feelings or your moods or your thoughts so i i really do um uh think that hopefully as we talk about this everyone out there will work a little bit harder to not make those snap judgments on on appearance. I um, Lee, I have a question back to you. Do you ever say anything when you notice someone sort of backing off or getting quieter or if you think that they are, are judging you? Now, think about it. You may be making a judgment on what they are thinking, right?
4: Uh, absolutely. Uh, and I've, I've tried to be very conscious. And, uh, very present in making sure that I myself don't, don't make judgment. But yes, I have in fact said, uh, something. If, if they're looking at it like they, they want it, it's said, it's a word, it's actually two words, one on each wrist. So if, if I notice that they're actually trying to read it, then I'll just, I'll, I'll turn my wrist. I'll tell them what it, it says. And if they look at me like they want to know more, then I'm I'm happily will share that, right? If, it, if it's somebody that's looking at it, and I can, I I'm feeling like they're feeling again. They're they're judging it in a way like it's a negative. Uh-huh. Then I'll then I, I have said something, especially in a business situation. I kind of make a a joke out of it. Of boy, I never thought at my age I would get a tattoo either. I, you know, I'm just trying to keep up, uh, I'm just trying not to be, uh, aged out of the job market. Aged out of the, you know, I kind of turn it around to Out of the mainstream, is. right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, fine, I'm yeah. trying to be hip and cool. Yeah. And, and I find that when I do that, that it, it puts the person totally at ease. Yeah. And, and I, I, I've never, you know, and then usually they follow up with it. So, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, it, it, it it's works. a good
1: way to communicate and to to let people step through things with you. So I, 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 I do think that if you get an uneasy feeling, sometimes just... Adding a sentence in there, asking a question, making a comment, sometimes will help clarify the situation for, for both of you and, and change their view on what they may think your personality is. So, that appearance. Okay, Lee, well, thanks for calling. Thank you. I appreciate the program. Oh, thanks. Okay, let's go on to we have Stephen in Memphis. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for calling.
5: Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Good morning to you. Yes. I kind of wanted to follow up on what the last caller said and add my own uh, spin on it. Sure. I think one person that we all are starting to kind of make snap judgments about are millennials. Mm -hmm. I mean, we hear about it so much in the, the news and the media and just as a culture. When we look at, you know, young people, the perception is that they're disinterested distracted they don't stick with jobs they they don't have it as hard as we did they're lazy etc and i mean i find that just to not be true at all and i kind of wondered what your thoughts were on that
1: well, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think perhaps in our in many of our millennials and I always have a hard time making a, a judgment on an entire group of individuals that happen to be born at the same time um, it's It's really hard to make a judgment on that entire group. but I will say in general, one thing that I have noticed is that millennials don't seem to care as much about possessions as they do about experiences. So many times, it doesn't matter whether they have um, some big fancy jewelry or a big fancy car or whatever, but it it, it seems in general, that the importance seems to be in a different area of enjoying each other and enjoying life. And, and perhaps, I, I do think there are some very hardworking millennials, but I also think they know that um, sometimes having that personal time is very important. I don't know, Stephen, that's sort of my take. I don't know if others, we might get plenty of calls uh, from others on this. Do you have any other thoughts?
5: Well, I think it's It's an important thing uh, to consider, I think, that uh, the media and ourselves, we tend to portray millennials as uh, not as focused in in the now and uh, not especially employable. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a uh, news article that came out in the past few weeks where the average millennial was shown a sort of a, a can opener, an old-fashioned can opener, and they said that they didn't know how to use it. And that was taken as uh, very demeaning towards this, you know, this group. And in reality, it's because, uh, you know, I was talking to my oldest kid, and they, they know they know how to use a can opener. They probably haven't used it in years because they right. tend to like more fresh foods, and they're not, you know, canned foods are kind of out. And what was taken... Uh, as, you know, something that was very demeaning about him was actually a very positive thing. So I I just think that we have to be careful when we look at a young person, and I think every generation tends to look at the young people as having it easier than we do, and, you know, their priorities aren't straight. But millennials are, you know, they're a great group, and they're really our future, and we should be very cautious about making snap judgments about This this
1: generation. Oh, absolutely! I mean, we could go on and on about things that that our younger children um, have have never used or never seen, like a typewriter or a calculator, those kinds of things. So, um, Stephen, your point is well taken, and I think we need to to judge people by the way they truly are, rather than any kind of generalized snap judgment that we sometimes make. So. Thank you for that call, and I know millennials are grateful to you. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go on to, we have uh, Catherine in Gaucher. Uh, good morning, Catherine. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Um, my name is
0: Kat and I am a
1: millennial. Ah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, there you go. We have... <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Talk to us about what you're thinking.
0: Well, um, when I was listening to the topic, um, it's something that we sometimes talk about in my social work uh, master's program at USM. And a lot of the topics that we talk about um, deal with this. And I've come to realize it really comes down to like understanding and the lack of engagement sometimes Mm -hmm. or maybe too much engagement with a certain group of people or um, just things like that, because you can hear stereotypes, you can see those types of things on the news. But then if you don't engage with that group of people or go to these types of businesses or all those types of things, you could unconsciously take in other people's opinion or what you what's portrayed on the news or mm-hmm. all of those certain things or things that you hear from other people. But most of the time, it really comes down to a lack of engagement or just the need to diversify your engagement um, with different people and just try to get an understanding of why people do the things that they do. And you may find out that it's not exactly what you think, just like the guy um, that spoke earlier about having a hearing problem. He's not rude. He just,
4: he can't hear.
0: He can't hear, right. But if you don't ask, or if you don't try to understand people, and you don't try to engage with people, it's really easy to just be like, you know what, I knew they were all like that. And so those
1: are my thoughts. Oh, wonderful thoughts, Catherine. And you actually, uh, see, this is a millennial who, thank goodness, is there. Um, Kat, you're going to make a wonderful social worker, I can tell. And you're absolutely right. When people don't work to try to understand each other and what each other is about, that's when you get into problems. And so to engage, reach out. If someone seems trouble, ask them why. Don't assume they don't like you. You've made some great points, Kat. Thanks for that call. All right, before we go to our next break, I want to go to um, Dot, who's been waiting patiently for a while in Leland, Mississippi. Dot, good morning.
0: Good morning. Uh, my comment, <coughs> if,
1: if this phone goes out, I'll grab another one. But <laughs> <okay. coughs>
0: My friend, who is since deceased, lost her eyesight for about a year because of a medical condition, and she said it was a blessing because Wow. She had always judged people by how they looked or dressed or the car they drove. And she was, of course, in and out of the hospital for a while and was able later to regain her sight or be able to see enough to see people. And then she realized some of the people that was the kindest and sweetest to her were some that she would have judged uh, that she didn't want to associate with. Ah. And she said it was a blessing.
1: Wow. Dot, what a wonderful story. And, and you know, movies have been made out. of an, an
0: older person, she yeah. was all together. You know, she uh-huh. always had her pearls, her earrings, and,
1: uh-huh. you
0: know, very, that type. And uh-huh. she just said it was really a blessing.
1: It was a blessing. Yeah. Because it allowed her to get beyond the appearance, that snap judgment that we make about individuals, and get down to the real core of yeah. the, who that person was. Yes. What a beautiful way for her! What a beautiful message for us to remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we need to do. Those of us who do have the blessing of full eyesight to yeah, maybe, the of the heart. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, Dot, that's a great way for us to go into our next break. Well, thank, thank you. I enjoyed the program. Thank you so much. Okay. God be. Thank you. All right, Bobby. We'll get ba- get to you. And after this next break, we're talking about making snap judgments. We have some open lines. Give us a call if you want to join in at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is relatively speaking. I'm Doctor Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we today are talking about making snap judgments. Why do we do it? How can we stop? What can we do to be more fair to a situation or to an individual? So we've had some great calls, some great situations um, we talked about, but I want to hear more from you about what you think about this topic and and how have you got beyond those snap judgments. We know that first impression, that appearance is important, but what if you take that away as we did from our last caller and the, the first impression was not by appearance because of the loss of sight, then perhaps you can get more deeply into what you really need to be looking for. All right, well, we're going to go right back to the phones because Bobby's been very patient in Vicksburg waiting to get online. Good morning, Bobby.
6: Hey, how's it going?
1: Going great. So tell us what your thoughts are about snap judgments.
6: Well, I've been sort of uh, an example of do not judge a book by its cover my entire life. Uh, When I was a little kid, around one and a half, I was – burned, not not terribly too bad, but uh, my scars healed where I could uh, not be noticeable,
3: mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, I had uh, going through school, I had social developmental skill uh, issues, uh, academic issues, and things of that nature. And it was just generally all around hard. I, I knew I was different, um, and uh, I had ADHD and that things of that nature. But I did not let what people... Uh, say about me define me and as a result I I finished uh, high school uh, got out started working a job I felt like I wanted more Uh, went into the military served Mm -hmm. 10 years uh, thank you uh, for that uh, thank you and uh, I got three uh, achievement medals three good conducts sale of the quarter sale of of the year and if I had ever listened to anybody else, if I did not believe in myself, I don't think I would have been where I am at right now. And the only reason I got out is because I felt the calling to, to pursue a, uh, a, uh, a life in engineering or physics. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. Wow. And I, I, right now I have uh, an over a 3.4 average. I'm a member of Pi Theta Kappa. And let me just say to all the the loners and uh, outcasts out there, it does get better. Just believe in yourself and just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Don't let anybody else define you because they will try to.
1: That's true, Bobby. And it sounds like you have been able to push forward and you're one of those incredibly resilient individuals so did did you feel like people judged you by the way you looked at at first blush and that 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 is why often people step back and away from you did you feel that you were have you had to do an extra extra work at gaining their trust
6: well well the the thing about it is is um I'm sort of self-diagnosed with uh, Asperger's. Uh, uh, I've never been confirmed with it. Uh-huh. Um, but growing up, I had a lot of that Asperger-type behavior. Um, I would stare off in the space, uh, awkward behavior. Uh,
1: Socially, just, you said, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah, a lot of stereotypical stuff. But there was stuff I, I, I was able to overcome because I didn't have that diagnosis to use it as an excuse for my behavior. Uh, one of the things that pushed me was to try to be normal. But as I grew up into a to a real person, I learned that uh, being different is better than normal. And I sort of molded my life of trying to be the person that I wish other people would be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've done a very good job and you've, you've, turned out much better than a lot of people perhaps expected you to. And and that's often the what happens. In, and sort of what I've been hoping that we would get to today is that when we make these snap judgments and when we don't give people a chance because that very initial appearance judgment that we make Um, gets in the way of further developing any kind of relationship, we're not only hurting ourselves because we are. We are... perhaps uh, not establishing a relationship that might have been good for us or not really viewing a situation that might have been really good for us. But the other part that we're doing is something, Bobby, you are bringing up, is that sometimes if we're not careful, what we're doing is also hurting that other individual because we're not giving them a fair shake. So well, as as what, well, go ahead.
6: Oh, well, I was going to say, before I, I, I go, I have, two things I would like to establish that has helped me not to judge others and to be more accepting with other people. Yeah. That's self-introspection and uh, living vicariously, trying to uh, see how other people see from their shoes.
1: I see. And you know, actually some of the psychologists and writers that self introspection are mindfulness. To pull yourself into the situation and really think about what's going on. And Bobby, those are those are great things to do. To to put yourself to This is a great time for empathy, to put yourself in a situation, to try to figure out what that other individual is feeling. Um, For example, here's another um, just very simple example. If you walk into a room and you feel bright and sunny and you say, good morning, hello, how are you? And someone gives a grunt or a err, and you go, good grief, what's wrong with that person? They're rude. That's what you do, right? Right. But the reality of it may be that that person has a terrible migraine headache and they just are having difficulty even having the lights on, much less being kind. Or perhaps they were at home and a terrible situation happened. Perhaps they have someone who is ill or dying and you don't don't know that because they haven't shared it with you. So you never know the whole situation. And so your points are good. Try to try to put yourself um, into another situation and don't assume you always know the situation. So, well, Bobby, thanks for your call. And and thank you for pushing forward and being the resilient person that you are. Okay, I'm told we need to go to our final break. We still have some open lines um, and time for you to call in about making those snap judgments. Um, do you? Do you not? If you do, have you had a situation where it benefited you to be revisit? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 to join the conversation. We'll be right back.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about making snap judgments. Why do we do it? We all do it. But why and how can we become less judgmental um, and quick to judge? What can we do to make that better? Well, we've had lots of suggestions today, and um, we are going to go straight on back to the phones before we talk about how we can get better. Uh, We have Trudy now from Socher. Is it Soche? Socher. I always say it wrong. Sorry, Trudy. That, <laughs> thanks for calling in. Hello, Trudy, you hey. there?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I'm there.
0: Good. Well, I'm from New Orleans, and I moved here about 10 years ago. Uh huh. And I was on a different planet because
4: <laughs> I grew up in New Orleans, and New Orleans, there's not a lot of snap judgment. Like, people there just accept you with your. Colored hair, your tattoos, uh-huh. you know your piercings, anything, and here i 'm sorry, but I think it has a lot to do with where you come from and how you were raised, because here is different,
1: <laughs> well, you know a lot of it is um, where you come from and how you were raised, Trudy, I think your point is is a good one in that if you 're in a small town. And everybody knows everybody, and everybody sort of um, marches to the same beat. Uh, then it it does tend to make uh, people sometimes think. That if you're not the way they are, then then you don't fit, and maybe you're too different. Um, right. You're yeah, right. A city like New Orleans, where um, different is sort of the modus operandi. That's just the way it is. Um, I think people do tend to be a little bit more accepting, but again, that's a broad generalization. And and I know there are some very welcoming individuals in small towns. Did you, um, Trudy? Did you feel like you got a lot of pushback from people because you were different? Uh, not really. It I'm was a
4: psych nurse.
1: Ah. So yeah, I think so. You understand um, right. how many times people can make judgments and just be completely in the wrong direction, right? right. So I, I do. I do think those of us, and I'm one who come from small towns, to remember that sometimes different can add such a beautiful spice. To your life and to your little town, I always love it when somebody new moves into our town from some somewhere else who's had different experiences because that's what makes us all so interesting. Um, so, Trudy, thanks for your call, and I'll tell you thanks for your service because being a psych nurse and helping <laughs> those <laughs> who who have mental health issues is is a wonderful calling. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go. We have our final caller, Carol in Vicksburg. Um, Carol, good morning. Thanks for calling.
7: Hi, good morning. Um, I was just going to say I I had a lot of trouble uh, with all of my male coworkers in um, my 30s. And um, I finally went to a counselor uh, to uh, figure out, why I was attracting so much negative attention because they would, you know, busily gossip, gossip, gossip about me constantly. Mm. And it, it was very difficult, you know, in a working situation. And a counselor that I went to introduced me to a book that says it all in the title, both flip side, you know, what I was getting, maybe what I was giving out. And it was called, What You Think of Me is None of My Business. You know, it's all in your head, (laughs) Ah. which is exactly what you're talking about,
1: you
7: know, our own negative feelings and so forth. But I hope that you expand this topic in in another show, because when we have negative thoughts, it seems to be a human nature um, habit to want to express that to someone else and get agreement. Mm. And then when that happens, you become... You know, part of potentially damaging somebody else's reputation, uh, and that's sometimes what people seek. Right. You know, is, is agreement from other people, and it's a lot more than just personal thoughts sometimes. So,
1: Carol, that's a a, a really good point, and and I think that. When we take the, the easier path, and that's perhaps to agree with someone, even when you don't know it's fact, or even when you don't know that, that there is any truth at all to it, um, that path of least resistance contributes to it. It takes a much stronger, braver person to say, that's not appropriate, or um, you don't know that. Um, and so many times, if we could just be brave and just be mindful of what we're doing to other individuals when we are we are codifying, agreeing with someone who is perhaps saying something negative, whether it's true or not, um, we are we we are making a very bad mistake of not being mindful to what is going on for that other individual. So, Carol, you brought up a great point, and you did give me another idea for another show. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining in and listening. Um, and And I think we all got some good ideas on, on what we need to do to stop making those snap judgments. Remember that um, people out there are not necessarily who you see on the surface. Get to know them. Sometimes you'll find somebody exciting and somebody who can really add to your life. Today's show was engineered by our producer, Jay White, our call screener, the beautiful Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking and that you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.